episode 12. I'm Mark. I'm Ray. And this edition, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, the daily 80s flashbacks. And we're celebrating the 2000s. I can't even say 2000. Can I say, can you say that? I don't think I can say that properly. Two. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of hard. Two thousands. It sounds weird. Post. You got to have a th at the beginning and the end, and it's hard. Yeah, that sounds like you're holding your tongue. But it's I want for Christmas is my two thousand daily baby. That's right. But it is a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, you've been doing this for a while, and there's been some really great moments along the way. Let's talk about the one you just posted. I mean, what are we going Survivor? Yeah. So that was by my count. On Sunday, December 8th, was the 2000th Daily 80s flashback, and it was I Can't Hold Back by Survivor. And I thought, you know, as I was putting it together, I didn't necessarily choose that song because it was, you know, representative in any way. But, you know, sometimes I you think about, like, bands that really kind of are emblematic of the 1980s. Survivor's kind of in that conversation. You know, they right. their sound is the 80s pop rock sound and so maybe there's something appropriate to i can't hold back being the the 2000th daily 80s flashback yeah and i checked out the video i always forget about the videos because the songs are in heavy rotation still on radio but for some reason the video slipped my mind and it is so interesting the approaches (laughs) these bands took (laughs) this kind of like story that goes into a live concert it's just it always makes me laugh about you know we should do something on that one day how different video categories and it just reminds me so much of the the old beavis and butthead you know how they made fun of the videos and (laughs) you know how how it didn't match the song sometimes but it is amazing yeah and you're right i mean they you know I, i think you put it perfectly they crafted a story but then they managed to put in concert footage at the same time. So it was like a best of both worlds, right? The concert video video and the story video all in one. And it's interesting. You mentioned videos. One of the things that's kind of come to my attention as I've been doing these daily eighties flashbacks. So it's been basically five and a half years or right about the five and a half year mark here of doing these things. One of the things that I've noticed is that you st- I start to see some of the trends in the videos of the 1980s. And one theme that's just stuck out at me is how much apocalyptic imagery was part of 1980s videos. I mean, if you look at Duran Duran videos and Pat Benatar videos, and then just go on down the list from there, there's there's all of this. And sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's much more you know blatant and in your face. There's just tons of, and especially among white artists, so maybe there's some, you know, sort of social element going on there. But it, there's just tons of this, po- this sort of post-apocalyptic imagery to the videos of the 1980s. Maybe, you know, one of the one of the ideas that strikes me, and this is all just sort of speculating, was growing up in the 80s. You know, they kind of get remembered. We have like, you know, Stranger Things and uh-huh. the Goldbergs and all that other stuff that remember the 80s, but. One of the things that always strikes me about the 80s, and I know I'm not alone because I was just reading about this on Twitter the other day, was that I constantly lived in fear of nuclear holocaust. We had TV shows that dealt with it. We had movies that dealt with it. We had songs like 99 Luft Balloons that dealt with it. And I remember every year thinking, oh, this might be the last 
Fourth of July. This might be my last birthday because, you know, we might have World War Three and we might have a nuclear holocaust. And, and so maybe that was playing out with all this sort of post-apocalyptic uh, mm -hmm. uh, imagery in the videos. Yeah, it was definitely baked into the culture. I remember the aftermath. It was a TV movie oh, special they had. The day after? The, the that day was after. it. That was it. The day after. And I remember I I was not allowed to watch that. Everybody in school was talking about the next day. I think it was, I must have been on a Thursday night or something because I remember there was still some discussion the next day about it. Yeah, it, it was definitely prevalent. And that's why I think it's interesting how even artists like David Hasselhoff, you know, he was, mm -hmm. they always showed him, oh, he's big in Germany. But he was there the day that wall was torn down, and that was a big deal. I mean, we just celebrated that, if I recall. I remember something in the news recently where I believe it was the 30th you know, anniversary yep. of that. Yep. You know, there was always this fear of you know, the Cold War, and it definitely was out there. And it's just amazing how this year we've lost so many of these 80s and you know, slash you know, 90s artists that are out there that really were staples of this video culture. Yeah. Well, and that's part of, you know, I, at one point with the eight, daily eighties flashback, I got away from it. I was, because a lot of it follows like chart dates. So, I'll, you know, I keep, I look at chart, the billboard hot 100 chart and other charts. And mm -hmm. I, I correspond things with the date. So on this date, in 1982 or something like that. But for a while there, when somebody would pass away, I would do an exception to that. And I would put, put up a, a post of a song, oftentimes like a, a non-released track from one of their albums. Mm -hmm. uh, Survivor even played a role in this. When Jimmy Jimison passed away a few years ago, I did one. It's the singer, not the song. It was a, off of their, um, I can't think of the name of the album. It's got I don't know. I, I thought for yeah. sure you're going to put the Baywatch theme. No, no, <laughs> it's got the searches over and all. That. It's, it's got I can't hold back on, on it. It was a single that was released, and this was a, it like wasn't a B-side. Song that was released, but it was like you know, here's the singer passed away, so I'll do the here's mm -hmm. the singer, here's the song, and and I did a number of those, and then I kind of got away from it, and I did you know I'll do those separately, so I do a separate post when somebody passed, like when Marie Frederickson passed away. Or when Eddie Money passed away, or Rick Ocasek, or James Ingram this year. The one that really strikes me, if I, if one of those that that I did as a daily '80s flashback that really strikes me as one of my, if I kind of look back at the ones that that I remember the most of mm -hmm. doing the daily '80s flash was when Prince died. And I mean, can you believe it? We're coming up this April on the fourth anniversary of when Prince passed away, and it just doesn't seem that long ago. But it doesn't. But he passed away in April, and he had a song called Sometimes It Snows in April. And, and it was just, you know, the perfect song, and it has the, the feel to it. It was right for this and everything. And, and so that was the Daily 80s flashback, like the day after uh, he passed away. And I meant and to tell you. It sticks with me. Yeah, and I meant to tell you, I recently picked up, I was, I still go to the record shop now and then, or even perusing the internet, and I saw that they released Prince a... I guess a retrospective of the songs that he recorded for others, but they had mm -hmm. his versions from the studio. So okay. they had nothing compares to you. They also had, I'm trying to think of some other songs off the top of my head. Yeah, Manic Monday. Manic Monday was on there. And yeah. he also had a version. I guess he did some work with uh, Morris day and the time mm -hmm. and Sheila E yeah. a couple songs on there, but it was really yeah. interesting to hear his versions and how it kind of ties in what we were talking about the other day covers and how there were so many people that actually did covers of Prince songs. And 
I have to admit, some of the covers were definitely stronger than Prince's, but I was thinking to myself, he probably was never thinking those versions were going to be released. They're probably his demos that he right. recorded in a studio, and then he kind of brought it over these artists' houses and said, hey, you know, here's a song for you. Just made me think, you know, people didn't realize how strong they were as songwriters. Yeah, that's a big part of it, right? That the artists who, who wrote and sang, you know, you know that I'm a big Richard Marks fan, and, you know, mm -hmm. he's made as much of his career out of writing songs as he has performing them. And, and then you mentioned covers. You know, the, one of the other ones that strikes me, one of the other Daily 80s flashbacks that strikes me. So you remember the Kane Gang? Yeah. Motortown, right? Late 87, Everybody's Glory Bound. I love that song. Absolutely love that song. I think I still have the cassette somewhere around here. That was their hit. And they had a second hit song that hit the Hot 100, and it was a version of Dennis Edward and Saida Garrett's Don't Look Any Further, which is sort of a, a classic R&B song. And they did this version of it that's really cool. And I, huh. it was, I did a Daily 80s flashback on it probably I don't know, earlier this year, last year, whenever it was. And it was a song I hadn't heard in a while because I hadn't listened to the album in a while. I mean, I listened to that album 30 years ago. But that's one of the things that the Daily 80s flashbook does, too. I can, I can name a whole bunch of songs that are ones that, you know, I, I haven't heard that in forever. And then I, I see it on the chart and I say, you know what, I'm going to do the Daily 80s flashback on this. And it, it's really cool to be able to kind of relive these songs by posting about them. And is that what made you start doing it? Because I know we were... Back when we started it 10 years ago, there were some posts about the 80s and we'd post some little, I guess, guess what's and things that people were curious about. But what started it? So I had been doing, uh, yeah, we got started 10 years ago and I would do these, you know, here and there like, oh, hey, 25 years ago. I remember in like 2010 doing, hey, 25 years ago, the Power of Love, Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News hit number one. And I would do various ones like that. And then it was 2014, and we had been talking about that we really needed to get daily content up on the blog, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, we, you would post stuff, I would post stuff, but it was kind of here and there. You know, we didn't have consistent daily content. And the idea occurred to me, well, I'm, you know, I do these anniversary 80s tunes things. I, why don't I just do a daily 80s flashback? Huh. And, and I, I called it the daily 80s flashback because it abbreviated as deaf, right? Which is a word from the 80s, like deaf <laughs> leopard, or that's so deaf. And so it worked out to call it the daily 80s flashback. And so I said, you know what? I can write these things and, and I can write these little, little posts. They're not going to be these long extended conversations. Let's just do these little memory posts. Hey, but you know, on this date in 1986, on this date in 1983, you know, whatever. And just go on through. And so I got started in June of 2014. I said, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna write these things." And I, you know, I started off writing them like every day, and then said, "All right, I got to start writing these, you know, about a week ahead of time and get a backlog of them up, so I'm not like, you know, struggling to get them done every day." And and that's how it all got started. Yeah, they've really been powerful. It's something that I look forward to on a daily basis. I wonder what's <laughs> up there. I really have enjoyed them, and like you said, it's nice to see some artists i catch artists all the time that i'm like i i never heard of that song yeah. I, I don't even know what that is and you click on it yep. and it's some kind of bubbling under song and you kind of go down the path and as i've been listening to these songs i started creating a little playlist of 
okay, here's some <laughs> lost classics and things that I want to go back to. There was a song, I think it had been a year ago, and it's totally going to escape my mind now. I'm going to have to pull it up on, on the blog, but it was something I was not ready for. I believe it was like a Luther Vandross song. And it was one of your favorites by Luther. And I totally forgot about it. It's where he's like dancing in, in the top of a convertible. Um, is it uh, Stop for Love? <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that song. I listened to that thing at least 15 times in one day. I just yeah. kept pressing play on that. And that's what some of these things do. They just send you back and you totally forget about a song and it takes you back to that place. And that's what it's all about to me. It's, that's one of the things. You know, it does. It takes you back. And I'll listen to a song... I haven't listened to it in a while. The one that I did recently was uh, Yes is Love Will Find a Way, which mm-hmm. is probably my favorite Yes song. And it was the chance to just watch the video, uh, listen to the song a number of times, or uh, Go West, We Close Our Eyes, or mm-hmm. Don't Look Down, the sequel. The other one that really strikes me, that always strikes me as the perfect example of this, is Poco's Call It Love. I'll hear that here and there every once in a while. But when I did the, the Edie's post, it was like, I, I think I listened to it three or four times. I did the same exact thing. It's just, it's just one of those songs that has a really great feel to it that I really like. And so, you know, it's, you know, I remember the ones that, you know, were my favorite hit. When I post 30th Anniversary of Here I Go Again by Whitesnake, of course I'm going to remember that. That's my favorite song. But then there are all these other songs you don't get to hear so often. But then the other thing is, like you said, you, you sometimes it's a song you, know, you didn't know about or an artist you didn't know about. And they're, they're really kind of two of them that really strike me. A few years ago, I did a guy named uh, Fiergal Sharkey, and he has a song called A Good Heart. I didn't know who he was, but, you know, I, I looked, I saw it on the chart and I looked it up and I was like, this is a really cool song. And the other one was John Butcher Axis, Sound of Your Voice. Another one where, you know, I really didn't know much about him and uh, looked it up, listened to it. And before you know it, you're listening to it over and over and over again. And you're like, wow, you know, I'm really finding music that I didn't know or that I forgot about. And that's really one of the things that it does. And so I try to keep it varied, right? I try to mix in big hits with minor hits with really didn't hits and keep styles varied. I try not to repeat artists too quickly. I mean, there are certain artists, Hall & Oates, Prince, you know, there's tons of them to pick from. And so inevitably I'm going to get two or three of those a year. But but I try not to, you know, I try to keep at least a few months between them. It doesn't always succeed. Occasionally I'll have situations where they come up shortly thereafter. But And it's just because it just made sense to do a song a certain day. But mm-hmm. I, I really try to keep it varied because there's all these different sort of feels that you have. You listen to your favorites. There's the long lost classics that you did, or the ones you didn't remember. There's the new artists that you never really knew about or the new songs, you know, a song by an artist that you just didn't know about. And it really gives you a chance to have all these kind of different experiences. And the other thing that it does for me is it artists that I knew about that I, I understood, but I have new appreciation for. There are certain artists from the 80s that I just in the 80s, I, I didn't realize how good they were. And now folks like the Motels and Donald Fagan and Ronnie Millsap and George Benson, these folks are like the top of my lists in terms of great 80s artists. And there are folks who, you know, I knew who they were in the 80s, but I didn't really appreciate them the way that I do now. And I think the, motel, the motels and Donald Fagan, the ones that really come to mind. I, I listened to IGY, What a Beautiful World, or New Frontier by Donald Fagan. Or I listened to motels, you know, Suddenly Last Summer, Only the Lonely. And those are powerful stuff. And in the 80s, I just, you know, I knew about them, but I didn't really get into them. Yeah, they were, they were on in the background. You know, you either had the radio on or you were, you were going somewhere, was in the car. I mean, one that... I thought was really interesting that you did recently that kind of gives a full retrospect 
on daily, you know, this 1980s flashback was the band Chilliwack. They had mm-hmm. a song called My Girl. And it was like, my girl's gone, gone, gone. And that was one of the first ones you did back in 2014. Then recently you posted, you know, almost five years later, their their other hit, which was, you know, What You're Gonna Do, that only went to number 41. You know, right. my girl only went to 22, but I thought it was interesting how that was a pretty good snapshot of what you just said is that you try not to bring the same artists up often. I mean, this is literally a five-year span <laughs> in between songs. But I played that Chilliwack song one time <laughs> at a wedding, and the bride and groom were out there getting down to that song. I mean, that was their tune. And it's just so funny how just certain songs mean certain things to people. And you may post this here. That could be somebody's favorite song of all time. I had a buddy of mine that gave me a slip of paper one time that had like all his favorite 80 songs on it. And he said, just look at this at all times. These are the only songs you should ever listen to. So I actually had it in my wallet for about 10 years and I think I lost it eventually. Yeah, but that's it, what it, it was does. amazing. Like you said, it, you know, different songs do it for different people. I'll have I'll have stuff that, you know, I think, oh, yeah, that was, it, you know, that was a song. And and somebody on Twitter will be like, wow, you know, that's great. Or they'll like it. And I, I won't. You don't know what's going to hit who and and what's going to do what for, for anybody. And there's just so many songs to choose. And that's part of the thing. I mean, I've done 2000 of these things. I haven't repeated a single song yet. And I'm not planning to do it anytime soon. I think there's probably going to come a day where I'll finally repeat a song and I'll do, okay, we're doing a daily 80s flashback. I'll probably try to make it at least 10 years before I do that, assuming we, you know, we keep going strong. But yeah. I'm already starting to kind of plan that, right? Like, okay, which song should deserve the honor as being the first song to get repeated as the daily 80s flashback? And I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I got some ideas, but that's years away. I'm, I got I got plenty yet to talk about. I mean, I, I'm just now starting to really hit the, the R&B, or it was called the black music chart back then, kind of the, the way they, they thought about radio, they called it black radio, and it's kind of problematic now but you know you know the r&b chart the country chart i even got onto the modern rock chart earlier this year it was the 30th anniversary of boris grabenshikov's radio silence hitting the top 10 on the the modern rock chart and he was a big deal in uh the soviet union the sort of rock and roll revolution that went on there you know and then he kind of got to have some exposure in the west in 1989 Mm -hmm. and like you said goes back to the berlin wall falling and the fall of communism in the soviet union and and what was going on yeah there's one that you posted recently it was right after yes's love will find a way by the way i had to say love will find a way i watched that video and i totally forgot that basically the entire band is doing the lead singing the entire song which is (laughs) really a Definitely a yes type of thing. But it was the police, the Don't Stand So Close To Me 86. They went back and they redid their classic song because they had a Greatest Hits album. They're like, well, I I guess we probably should put an original song on this thing. And I remember I went out, I bought that thing. That was back in the day where you did those music clubs, the Columbia Music House. You know, buy 15 CDs for a dollar and then you pay one at full price. That was amazing. But as uh, we were looking back at this 1980s flashback, has there been anything that you just had trouble writing? Either it was something that you just felt it wasn't ready for a daily 80s flashback. I know there's been one recently with the passing of Rick Ocasek and 
you know, we had Tom Petty that that passed away. I wonder if it's hard for you sometimes to write some of these when something strikes when it's one of your favorite artists. I don't have so much of a problem when it's like one of my favorite artists. I think the, the ones that I've had the most problem with are, are ones that I look back and I say the song is really sort of, it's dated in a way that shows sort of the racism or sexism of the 1980s, right? The ways that things were accepted then that are seen as sort of disrespectful now. Uh, the one that always comes to mind, Sugar Hill Gang had a song called Apache and, you know, hit the Hot 100. It wasn't a top 40 hit, but, you know, they dress up in like Native American garb and, and I kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't even really want to post on that. I kind of want to just forget that that song exists, but uh-huh. it did hit the chart. And, you know, I'm going to just mark that it happened. Um, and sometimes I'll try to make a little comment and say, and I don't, I, because I use this more as sort of marking these songs rather than trying to provide commentary. Uh-huh. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get go that the route of commentary, but I'll make a little, you know, it's kind of problematic today or something. I'll just make a comment like that. The one recently was Two Live Crews, uh, Me So Horny, which, you know, <laughs> it's significant for the 80s because of it, it what it what it led to and what it meant in, in the late 80s in terms of the, the movement to, to ban music and the Parents Research Music Council and all that stuff. But as a song, and it has some real sexist and racist overtones to it. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know, I don't even know if I want to do it. But, well, it's the 30th anniversary and we'll mark it. And so, you know, so those are actually the hardest ones for me to write where I look at a song and I say, yeah, I, I really don't like this song and it's for some reason or I have a problem with some of what the song does or stands for. And I, I feel like, well, I'm going to write it anyway because I'm going to mark that song at some point. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And we've had a few of those, you know, throughout Tunes Mates history that there are a lot of songs out there and we've talked about that on the podcast as well how times have changed and the yep. meetings and things just aren't the same anymore and it is hard and I think that's going to continually happen I was joking that I'm wondering if one day you're going to have to do the DNF the daily 90s flashback especially yeah. after all the changes I mean I recently saw Captain Marvel and she landed in a blockbuster in 1995 it is interesting how throwback to that period with waterfalls and the band garbage and <laughs> it was pretty interesting you know as as our audience adapts we'll have to look at you know new things and in other other music genres to focus on but the 80s are definitely magical and there's a lot of great music that was released in that time period and i think like you said we're going to be looking back at this period saying we should definitely look closer at all the music that was released because it was a different time. I mean, this is when artists went into the studio, spent a lot of time, a lot of money polishing and making songs strong because they had to go out and sell the album. And nowadays it's different. There's a different angle to it, but the music that was being produced back in this time had a, you know, a different feeling. It really did. It had a certain energy to it that, we oftentimes don't find in a lot of other time periods. Daily 80s, good stuff. I would definitely keep checking it out. I mean, I was scrolling through it the other day. I couldn't believe half the songs that are on here that I forgot about. I mean, just top of the head, the Fat Boys. They did Louie Louie. I mean, I totally forgot about the fact that I think that was a summer hit. They went back and said, hey, we had some success with Wipeout. <laughs> Why don't we go back and start redoing some other 60s hits? 
and they kind of went on this tear. Right. And the right. one right below that that made me laugh is I forgot about Tommy Shaw, that he kind of went out and was trying to do his own solo career. He did the theme song, what was that, the Remo Williams? Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that film. I believe that and Ishtar could be up there with the top <laughs> non-grossing films of the 80s. <laughs> yep, and if you had to ask me my favorite, uh, I actually, I going through my whole list, mm-hmm. in fact, at all of them, my favorite one is John Lennon's Watching the Wheels. It's a song that, you know, we know, you hear and stuff, and mm-hmm. after I wrote it, I had I developed this new appreciation for that song. And I sing it with my kids, and when it comes on, we recognize it, and I, I sing along with it. And, and so you know, that's the one that embodies everything for me about the 80s and, and what the daily 80s flashback can do. And in this case, it brought back a song to me and gave it new meaning and made it really important to me. Yeah, that's amazing how you can have new appreciation. And I really think if I were to summarize what you had said throughout this podcast is that when there is time and you can look back on songs that that had an impact on you, you know, growing up as a kid or you find new appreciation to, it gives you the opportunity to bring that into your life and share it with others. And I think that's the whole point of Tunesmate is that we want to expose you to songs. Maybe it's a flashback, a song you didn't think of or, or forgot about in the past, or it was something that you never heard of and now it's special to you because it has new meaning because you're in a different place in your life anything that you post i look forward to all right well if you want to check out more subscribe check out the blog every day there's a 1980s flashback and more we're constantly adding looking back understanding what happened 50 years ago the one that always gets me is that was already five years ago. That always makes me feel very carbon dated at a moment <laughs> in time. So keep checking it out. Ray, keep cranking out the 80s. I know it's something you're passionate about. I look forward to it. And from all of us here at Tunes Mate, we hope you keep checking out the tunes and tell us which ones you would like us to focus on because we could definitely do that as well. Until next time, I'm Mark. I'm Ray. Have a good one, everybody. 